Welcome to Love and Other Investments, where we talk about finances, but more importantly, how finances impact relationships. My name is John, and I'm a financial planner. And my name is Jeff, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. And today, we're talking about workaholism. The question that we are going to answer is, how do I communicate with my spouse that I think they work too much? So I think lots of people experience, you know, kind of a frustration with, with the spouse's work. Um, I don't think this is an uncommon experience. But sure. I want to kind of try, if we can, to break this into two kind of mega categories. And um, the first category we're going to call, um, you knew this going in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of right. course you didn't, but we'll call right, it that right, anyway, sure. right? So what do I mean by that? I mean, so let's say that you married an orthopedic surgeon or you married an airline pilot um, that travels and, and flies internationally um, or you married um, a firefighter that's gone, you know, 36 hour shifts or whatever, 36 hour shifts or an OBGYN doctor and she's, you know, on call all the time. Sure. It never ends. Sure. So these are all really high expectation jobs. Um, they are things that you typically have to prepare for for years. You don't accidentally show up at a job fair and become an orthopedic surgeon. Right. Um, this is something that you've wanted and you had to compete for, and you've spent a ton of money for education and a ton of time and energy to get to this place. Um, and you did it because you were passionate about it, and you did it because you believed it was good for your family, um, that it would provide good income. And you kind of knew that you were going to be working long hours. The, yes. The, the surgeon's going to be up at 4 in the morning, surgery at right. 5.30. They're going to be working right. all day long. You know, and, and maybe if you're the spouse, um, you know, your initial reaction to this journey was pride. You know, I'm, I've married this person who is a good person doing good work um, that's going to be able to be a good provider. Helping um, people. Driven. Yeah. Um, you know, have ambition. Ambition. This is, this is great. Um, and, and maybe you knew, quote, knew, that it was going to be a lot of time and you were going to be, you know, needing to keep the home fires burning or, you know. Or whatever. Or whatever. Do your own job. Doing your own job. But maybe as kids have come into the picture, um, maybe as just life has gone on, you're starting to feel lonely. So let me change gears real quick because that's, that's meta story one, right? Okay. Is you should have known. And meta story two was um, this wasn't what I signed up for. So, in other words, things have been going great, started out great, everybody had about the same work schedule, um, but maybe there was a job change, uh, maybe there was an opportunity that came up to start a new business or do something on the mm -hmm. side. Like an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. somebody at work got sick, and you took on more responsibilities, and that was supposed to be temporary, and it just never was. Um, you know, these are all kind of job-related but maybe there's another part of this. We'll call this part two of not what I signed up for. Is maybe there's been some reason why there's been some stress in the relationship. And maybe what we're seeing now is one of the spouses um, is finding coming home to be a little challenging. And you mean they're actively avoiding their partner? I'm saying that they find um, their time at work to be less stressful than the time <laughs> How's okay. that? Was okay. that diplomatic? Sure. And, and, you know, you could describe this a million ways, and some of them would be hurtful and some of them would be um, less so. 
But I think the reality is, is, I, is that those are situations that have happened over time. Um, you know, we, I like the analogy of boiling the frog. You know, the story of, you know, frogs are, are not warm-blooded creatures and, and they can kind of adapt to whatever temperature water mm-hmm. they're in. Yeah. Um, but if you put a frog in some water and slowly bring up the temperature so that they don't notice the temperature change... Um, the theory is, I've never done this. I'm not and into don't boiling, do this at home. I'm not into boiling frogs. Um, <laughs> the theory is that if you slowly bring the temperature up, the frog, while he could jump out, doesn't um, and just, just expires. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of how we find ourselves sometimes is making a lot of small decisions that don't seem important in the moment. And they lead us to places that we suddenly feel um, at risk. Unintended places. Unintended yeah. places. And, and those are things where you go, you know, I can't really put my finger on a big thing, but eventually enough little things become a big thing. And when that pressure cooker going back to boiling water um, pops, um, it can create some real stress in a relationship. So, Jeff, let's go back to our core question. Yeah. Our core question isn't what do I do yeah, with a workaholic. It's how do I communicate? How do I communicate that I think they're working too much? This is a tough question. Because depending on the circumstance that you just described, you might have a different state of mind or a different attitude about how you're going to ask it or whether, you're, whether it's even okay to ask or say. Right? So in the first instance where someone has a job that you knew going in was going to be a high hours job, right? the, the surgeon's job, the OBGYN, the firefighter, the airplane pilot, you know, what are you going to say? How are you going to say to them, hey, you know, you've been doing this 20 years and I don't like it. You're not home enough. You're missing the kids. You know, we don't spend time together anymore. I mean, in some ways, the argument, as you point out, the argument is, so, you know, you knew about this before. This is what you signed up for. So I can't say anything about it. Yeah. So there's this like psychological barrier, like it's not okay for me to speak up. Mm -hmm. And of course, I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. If sure. you know, if you, if you're thinking something's not going well, especially if the relationship is in danger, then I think you got to say something. And you know, I hear a lot of people asking this very question: How do I do it? You know, you know your partner. I I, I have no idea who your partner is, right, and, or what their personality's like, or their history, or anything like that. You know your partner. Approach them the way you think makes sense. But generally speaking, I'd say just come out with it right it's this is this is a comment to be made an observation to be made in the relationship where you just need to say what's on your mind but don't you think it's important that you kind of know ahead of time what the it is yeah i mean i think we're saying the it is i'm not happy with the amount of time you're working because and then fill in the blank right Mm -hmm. because i feel lonely because i want more help with the kids because um, we don't connect anymore, whatever, whatever your reasons are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's specific to the person, obviously. Would you have any um, instruction for the person receiving this information, this communication? Yeah, I think the most important thing the person who's receiving this should do is listen. Because there's a really good chance your partner struggled with getting to this communication, like, you know, it was hard for them to muster the courage to say, 
hey, uh, I'm not happy with how things are working. And so, you know, they're raising their hand saying, I, I need to, I need to put a you know foul on the field or whatever. The job of the person who's receiving is to listen carefully. It's important that you're empathic. That doesn't mean you have to agree. Empathy does not require that you agree with your partner. It means that you listen and understand as closely as possible to their experience, trying to get yourself in their shoes as much as you can. And once you do that, then uh, you can begin to imagine how they might be hurting in one way or another. And then, if you've done that well, you don't need to be defensive, right? They have their experience, you have yours. Now we're on to step three, right? Which is, which is how do we solve this together? You know, with this scenario where someone has invested a decade in learning how to be a surgeon... The solving this together is a different thing than the second category you described, mm-hmm. where maybe they're, they started a business and they could problem solve by hiring someone to help them or you know, by scaling back so that they could spend more time at home or other pragmatic ways that perhaps the surgeon or the pilot can't do because other things dictate their, their work. But either way... The third part is just problem solving. How are you going to negotiate together how to make things better? And if part of the trouble is that you don't have enough time at home, whether you can change that or not, you got to figure out how to help your partner feel more connected or address whatever their complaint is. Let's get into the idea a little bit of we've been talking about the high-pressure jobs, the high-commitment jobs. Right. Let's talk about the idea that maybe maybe um, there's stress at home in other parts of the relationship. And that bringing up this issue is really a precursor to introducing Something else. other stresses. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you say it more than once. We are not of one mind. Yes. <laughs> Our minds are divided into, into pieces and they often right. conflict with each other. I want to say something. Um, that I think people know, but probably don't think about in the midst of the daily routine, is this idea that the relationship really has to come first. If I want to be married and pay the bills, being married has to be more important than paying the bills. Mm -hmm. If I want to be in a relationship and raise a family and have a good outcome, the relationship has to come first because I could be successful in everything, lose the relationship, and consider most of the things that we've tried to build right. a fail. Right. But we kind of assume that the relationship's a given, even though we look around us and we see that that's not the case in our peer groups. Sure. Can you kind of talk into that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's really natural for couples to imagine that their relationship is sort of an assumed thing. And for it to be shoved into the background and for other things like work or family or friends or faith or whatever the other things in life that all people you know sort of are involved in um, have more precedence you just assume when you go home your partner is going to be there and happy right Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. just and this is a weird assumption 
I mean, the person that's probably most important to us in life is our partner. And it probably behooves us to figure out on a daily basis how they're doing rather than just assuming that everything is okay and, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to be okay with being distant or disconnected for the sake of some other project like work. So I think it's really important that part of what partners do is make sure that they're focused on what the team is, what their common values are. We talk about this all the time, their shared values, and how they're going to pull on the rope together rather than, you know, one person pulling and the other one feeling like this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah, I mean, marriage is not a death match, right? It's not, we're in this until we finally just give up. You know, right. until our, we finally stop breathing. It's supposed to be um, a beneficial, joyful, not all the time, but a joyful um, combination of two people to accomplish things. Right. And I think that takes work. Um, I think that takes honesty about the condition of things. And I think it takes verbalizing, voicing out loud that the relationship is important to both of you. Yeah. And so when you have one of these hard conversations where you have to say, um, this is getting harder for me and the relationship doesn't feel right, um, it is not a moment of destruction. It's a, it's a moment of reordering. It's a, it's a moment of prioritizing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel that way, I don't imagine, in the moment. No, I'm sure there's a lot of conflict involved in that. Um, I also want to talk real quick about the idea that for a lot of us, and I think this may be more, um, maybe something that, that, men under, that men deal with more, but so much of our um, identity is tied up in career. Sure. You know, the way we introduce ourselves. Hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm a... Rah. Right. And, you know, so when you start hearing that, hey, the thing that I do in order to provide for my family, right? That's a good thing. I'm encouraged to do that, right? Mm -hmm. That's virtuous. The thing I do in order to do this virtuous thing is now causing stress. And that can be a pretty unsettling realization. Yeah, and I, I actually don't think that's, that's a specific to men. I think that's a phenomenon that occurs whenever someone has invested a lot in their career. Mm -hmm. Because if you invest in it, it becomes a part of your identity. Right. So, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, when there's a conflict of, in the relationship on a subject that impacts one's identity, you're, you know, you're hitting close to home, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's a real problem. And that might be part of the third step I was alluding to a minute ago, is how do you preserve one's sense of identity while also maintaining the importance of the connection, in the relationship. And, you know, we can't give specific answers to the thousands right. of permutations. Impossible. Of that, right. But we can say, hey, start this with some curiosity, this conversation. Attempt to avoid defensiveness because your partner's coming to you with a vulnerability and they're hoping to improve things. Try to do something that reaches out to them and acknowledges their experience, but also has a pragmatic um, component to it that's mm -hmm. helpful mm -hmm. you know break this into steps 
sometimes making a change like this requires a bunch of effort over time. Mm-hmm. Don't imagine you have to get it all done now. Set a goal for we're going to make these changes over the next X number of months and work towards that together. One of the things that I see as a financial planner is that people assume that all the variables in their financial life are fixed. The way that we spend money, the way that we eat out, the way that we buy cars, the way that we educate our kids, the way that we dress, the way that we travel, the way that we uh, give, the way that we, I mean, it just goes on forever, right? Mm -hmm. The way we do these things are are givens. And therefore, um, changing my job, working less, um, doing something different only works as long as all of these variables don't move. Well, the reality is those variables can move. And they're going to move even when you think they're going to be stable. That's correct. And so remembering that you have the ability as a couple to actually make changes, to, to say this X is more important than Y. And the relationship mm-hmm. is more important than the type of vacation that we took. Right. The relationship is more important than the types of restaurants we go to. The relationship is more important than, you know, what we what we spend on X, Y, and Z. And therefore, making those things fit um, the core outcomes you want for your family yeah. um, instead of feeling like you've got to do it all. I do think that probably a certain number of people imagine that making a change in this area means a reduction in their income, and that might be true. But they are afraid to prioritize the relationship over that because they feel as if they are losing ground financially, mm-hmm. right? And I've worked so hard to make this much money. I don't want to make less money. I want to make more money, right? They, they think right. I don't want, I, they're not worried about the relationship or the cost of making that money might have on the relationship. Yeah, and you're I mean, saying the reverse, like the, yes. the relationship has to be first. Right. You know, congratulations, you grew your business by 30% last year and you've lost your relationship. Right. What's the point of You that? would never cognitively choose that. Um, so I think, you know, I think in most cases people, you know, having these types of, these types of conversations, um, framing them in the, um, in the idea that the relationship comes first, um, framing them in the idea that there's a lot of complicated emotions surrounding all of these things. And it will take some time and some energy to unpack why we're doing the things that we're doing. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. All the time. It's not one reason. And it's not one conversation. Um, but knowing how your spouse feels, knowing, how, knowing that they know how you feel, deciding what is the, the target that you both want to achieve and what's the direction you're both going to have to move in order to make that happen. Um, I think that's the type of communication that we're talking about. For sure. So let's recap. We got three things we're going to do here on this question. We're going to save the observation. Someone's working too much in the relationship. We're going to facilitate a listening uh, period where, where the person receiving this feedback listens closely and carefully with empathy and love. And we're going to do some working together to figure out how to problem solve this. And I think we're going to try to do it in the, and say it out loud as we do it. We're doing it in such a way that puts the relationship first. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Please leave us a review and follow us so you don't miss an episode. 
If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit relational-media.com.